This is Olympic champion Scott Hamilton. Yes, the real Scott Hamilton. And you're listening to the other Scott Hamilton show where you should be entertained, informed, and maybe even amused. Just don't expect any backflips. I mean, have you seen him skate? All right, I, I, my detective skills, limited as they might be, still able to find out Zach Cross. That's the Texas A&M cheerleader, coach, head, head yell leader. That's the official title. He is a member of the class of 2023, presumably. He hasn't graduated yet. When I see the diploma, then I'll say he's part of the class of 2023. That's the guy. He's the one who represented an entire fan base, a university, a community. Wow, in that awful video. Surely he got called into Dean Wormer's office and put on double secret probation or something. And what that kid was wearing, look, I'm no fashionista. I'm 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 not that guy. I mean, I, I think I look pretty good. But he was out there in overalls and some kind of just uh. Our guest, he's always on point. He, he's, a, he's a snappy dresser. It's our friend Brett Friedlander, Saturday Road. Brett, how you doing? I'm doing good. So, first of all, I think the overalls were a shot at Appalachian State. I think they were they were mocking them. Number two, isn't it kind of cool how quickly that thing disappeared <laughs> from Twitter? That, <laughs> but you know the thing, the great thing about the internet is nothing is ever really deleted, so it's still it's still floating around out there. And the third thing is, I wonder if they're going to confiscate everybody's cell phone before they have that pep rally this Friday before they play Miami, because I would love to be there to hear what they say this week. Yeah, I doubt there's going to be a mea culpa. I doubt he's going to say, <laughs> I was wrong. You, I shouldn't have done that. And Brett, think of this, and we'll go full circle with your sweet spot. <laughs> if A&M seals the deal, if A&M wins that game, game day is in College Station with a team yep. from the ACC. Yep, that's it. And, and poor Miami, because – I don't. I don't buy into the whole. Oh, they're going to face an angry bunch of Aggies, and 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 this doesn't. You know, this doesn't bode well for them. I, I think it actually does, especially if if Jimbo decides to to change quarterbacks. Because I mean, look, they they gained less than what 200 yards as a, as a team against a defense that gave up 63 points the week before. So A and M has got some serious issues, and I think Miami. After watching A and M last week, has got a great shot at going in there and winning, no matter what happened last week. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, but the, here's the thing: if Miami does, it diminishes the win because you know you're going in there against a top five team and you win. All of a sudden, you're you just catapult up the, up the rankings. The ACC gets a huge boost now if they go into to College Station and they win, especially if they win a, a close game. Eh, you know, I mean, so I, I feel bad for Miami. I I do to some degree. Yeah, I, I agree with you, though. I think if you're going to College Station, this is a better environment, I think, than if they had won. Because to, to your point, will he change quarterbacks? But will he also change who he being Jimbo? He, who Will he change who's making the play calls? Jimbo himself yeah. is kind of under a microscope. Not kind of. He is under a microscope now. It's time for him to pass that thing on. And, you know, listen. Jimbo, going back to his time at Florida State, the last couple of years at Florida State, Jimbo has not really distinguished himself 
over the last, what, five, eight years. So, you know, number one recruiting class in the country, that's, that's great. But, I mean, is he really recruiting that well? Is he doing, you know, is he developing that talent? Uh, you know, I, I, think the, I think this is kind of a referendum on Jimbo, really, to be honest with you. I agree 100%. We're joined by Brett Friedlander. Follow him on Twitter at BeFreedACC. Brett, we got a lot to chop up. Uh, overall, yes, a we good – well, we had a good weekend in the ACC, 9-2. and two, And I mean, my math might be askew. I'm going to rely on you to help me with this. I have 9-2 and two non-conference games, uh, the only losses being Tennessee beating Pittsburgh and then Illinois beating Virginia. And I'm actually pretty high on that Illinois team. I don't think it'll be like a playoff contender or anything. But I, I like Brett Bielema coach teams in the Big Ten. Uh, the only conference game being Virginia Tech beating Boston College, win number one for Brent Pry. What was your overall take from the conference last weekend? My overall take was that it was a very good week, and it could have been a great week if Keaton Slovis would not have gotten hurt uh, on the last play or the last couple of plays of, of the first half. If, if Slovis plays in that game, the way that Pitt's defense really just stymied um, uh, Hooker and, and, and Tennessee's offense in the second half, Pittsburgh wins that game, and they win it pretty convincingly, I, I think. Um, Pittsburgh's offense did nothing with Patty in the game, and, and even then he was, he was hobbled as well. I mean, they had, you know, they scored the touchdown, they, they, but they, they got a, a break. I mean, it was a muffed fump, uh, a punt, and it took them, what, 10 plays to get 30 yards to get in the end zone at, at that. But um, to me, that was the biggest disappointment. It was, it was a shame that that, that happened because I think that that really would have made it a great weekend. But the ACC is off to an amazing start. It's you know they've got the win against LSU that everybody saw. Um, Pitt did win the backyard brawl, although West Virginia getting you know beaten overtime at Can- uh, by, at home by Kansas last week uh, didn't you know didn't help at all. But I mean Duke going to Northwestern. Um, I think Syracuse playing the way that Syracuse is playing. Um, I, I think it's, 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 you know, you couldn't really ask for a lot more. I, I like that you mentioned Duke. I, I specifically wanted to touch on that. That Northwestern win, that's, that's a good win, dude. That is a really good win, especially for Duke. Duke now 2-0 for the first time since 2018. What's Mike Elko doing to get off to this good start? I know it's Temple. I know it's Northwestern, but a 2-0 and start well, at Duke is like finding plutonium by accident. That's big time. And and don't discount that Northwestern win. A, was on the road. B, it's against a team that, you know, looked really good. Of course, Nebraska has not <laughs> – that's, 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 that's a train wreck. But, I mean – it's Northwestern is, is, is no, is no pushover. So that was a really good win. Um, I'm actually doing a store, uh, my column for tomorrow uh, right now on uh, the fact that this is the first time in history since all four started playing football in 1892, that the teams we now know as Duke, Wake Forest, North Carolina, NC state are all at least two and O to start a season ever. Uh, but what Mike Elko has done, I think, is, is he, I, first of all, he and his staff have done a really, really good job of evaluating the talent. Um, how many coaches would have taken the guy who lost the battle for the starting quarterback job, and instead of having him stand on the sideline with a clipboard and a baseball cap on, said, hey, you know what, Jordan? You're a really good athlete. We have to get you on the field. And you know what? I think you've got a better chance of getting to the NFL as a wide receiver than a quarterback. 
How about changing positions? And, you know, seeing that in a kid, and then within two weeks, he's their best receiver. Um, and, and not because the rest of the receiving core is bad. He's just been really good. Um, and so there's that. They've, they've done a really good job of evaluating the talent, putting them in the right places. But I just think that, you know, there was such a stagnant attitude there when, you know, under the last couple of years under David Cutcliffe. You know, it was just kind of like, uh, you know, and there, there was no reason to get excited. And, and Elko has come in. He's really, you know, gotten the kids to buy into a new voice and given them a reason to have some optimism. He's gotten them to work hard, and, and, you know, when you have that potential to, to have some success, you work a little harder, you get a little confidence, and I just think it's, it's kind of snowballed. And if you look at their schedule, they play North Carolina A&T this week, a team that they clobbered last year when they were terrible. Then they go to Kansas, which, you know, not the dregs that it's been, but, I mean, look, the two of them, Kansas is the Duke of the Big 12, so that's a winnable game. And then the following weeks, they, you know, they open their ACC schedule against Virginia, which has not looked great, and Georgia Tech, which is awful. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Duke will be bowl eligible before playing UNC on October 15th. Now, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a, it's a realistic possibility. Who would have thought that? And, and I want to touch on that UNC team in a moment, but let's let's expand on this just a little bit. I, I look at this Mike Elko team, and I'm hearing what you're saying, and, and it sounds to me, and, and work with me here, it sounds to me like Mike Elko is a guy who is breaking everything down and restoring it to its natural state and then evaluating all of the details before yeah. coming to his own conclusion. That sounds a lot like Dave Clawson. Yeah, it does. And oh, by the way, you want to you want to talk about you know uh, you you want to talk about the uh, effect the Mike Elko effect. Guess who was Texas A and M's defensive coordinator last year, exactly. and what has happened to Texas A and M? Yeah, it was Mike Elko. We're joined by Brett Friedlander. Follow him on Twitter at bfriedacc. Brett, I, I'm looking at the schedule. We mentioned North Carolina. That, that defense, not good. Undefeated, but very un-Gene Chizik-like. And, and I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong again, Brett, Chiz comes back and basically saves Fedora for a year. Then he goes, returns to TV or whatever Chizik does. Fedora, once again, reverts to not being able to have any kind of defense. He gets fired. What is not working this time with Gene Chizik in Chapel Hill? Ooh, that's a real good question because nothing is, is working. Um, here's, here's the thing. They've got a week off. So, first of all, them playing a week zero game, everybody, you know, oh, Florida A&M and all that, I don't think they win in, in Boone last week or two, uh, two weeks ago without that week zero game because I think it gave Drake May an opportunity to, to just get a rhythm and kind of get his feet wet before having to go into that uh, atmosphere. But – what it did was it really kind of threw that defense out there without really having the, the, the appropriate time to prepare, I think. Now, this week, because they played that early game, they've got a, an early um, open day. So they don't play this week. And I think that's huge because I want to see what Chiz does during the, during the off week to make personnel improvements, to make some scheme changes, or if nothing else, get those guys a better – you know, equipped to handle the, the terminology, the, you know, the assignments, those kind of things. 
I want to see what they look like when they come back because I'm expecting at least noticeable improvement just because he's had some time to, to, to adjust and to work. So, you know, they play Notre Dame, which just got beat by Marshall. And so, you know, and, and their quarterback is out for, what, four to eight weeks, I think. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a high-profile game, but it's not a game that they can't win especially the way Drake May has been playing and, and Omari and Hampton and that entire offense. But I, w- I want to see what the defense looks like in two weeks because I think it's going to look, you know, at least scheme-wise and just to the, to the naked eye. I don't know about the, the uh, results, but I think it's going to be different because I think Chiz is not going to stand for what, what it's looked like up to this point. Yeah, it's incredible to be able to say you've got all these issues and yet still be 3-0, and so that's the uh, yeah. saving grace for the Tar Heels. Uh, a couple more points of conversation, Brett. Uh, Georgia Tech, uh, <laughs> Ole Miss, this, <laughs> talk about a tough schedule. they got Ole Miss, Central Florida, at Central Florida, at Pittsburgh, and then Duke, and again, we're seeing the praises of Duke, Mike Elko, year one. I have somebody this morning telling me that this will be the last game for Jeff Collins, that they will let him go this weekend. Are you buying or selling? Um, uh, I would not be shocked uh, because they had a hard time putting away Western Carolina last week. Okay, They're playing at home against an SEC team that's pretty darn good and plays a very fast tempo and is looking to, to jump up in the polls themselves. So there's a real good chance Ole Miss puts a huge number up on them this week. And if that happens, I, you know, Jeff Collins, he, he had – this is a situation where, you know, they always say you don't want to be the man that replaces the man. You want to be the man that replaces the man that replaced the man. Well, Paul Johnson ran the, the option, and it was – I mean, he had to completely tear it down to, to build it back up again. I mean, you had to go out and recruit a quarterback. You had to go out and recruit offensive linemen that could pass block. You had to go out and recruit an, an entire receiving corps. It was going to take time. But at some point, you want to see at least some progress. And this is year four. And they're headed to another three-win or less season here. And while the schedule is difficult, you, you, you just have to see improvement. And I don't see improvement. And so uh, if, they get, if they get waxed by Ole Miss, um, I, I, I would not be shocked to, to see Collins um, – <laughs> following in the footsteps of Scott Frost. Yeah, I think you got to jump into it while you can in this age of the uh, early signing day. You've got to get, get into coaching carousel as quickly as possible. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm watching Louisville beat Central Florida the other night. Really, really good game, excellent game. Uh, mm-hmm. very, I was very happy for Scott Satterfield, but I'm wondering, is that enough to help him get another year, another year in Louisville? How are you feeling about Satterfield? Yeah, I'm not feeling real optimistic because, to be honest with you, I don't know how much Louisville won that game as much as Central Florida lost that game. Um, Malik Cunningham is a dynamic talent. I love him as a quarterback, and I would love to see him with with uh, with, with more weapons around him, but he, he does not have a lot to work with. And he took that game you know, on, on his shoulders and carried Louisville to the win. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but he had like 121 yards rushing and like 201 yards passing, and it was all but like 80 yards of their of their offensive output in the game. 
and you can't you can't sustain that over the course of a, an entire season, especially you know in the Atlantic Division when you're going to play Clemson, NC State, Wake Forest, Florida State. Uh, so I you know, and then defensively, the the, um, the kid from um, Arizona State, their their prize transfer, he's out for the season again. So um, I. I I'm not a big uh, if I'm a, you know I'm a seller on uh, on on Louisville rather than a buyer. I, I I just don't see it. But do you do you think though he's been able to make hay at least with verbal commitments? Do you think that might be enough to give him a stay of execution? It might be, but you know the the situation is at um, Louisville is so crazy uh, <clears throat> with with all the, the the turmoil that's been going on over there and they're you know, they're paying Chris Mack all that money. And, and I, I, you know, maybe the, you know, the, the situation, and I don't know what his buyout is, but, uh, you know, maybe that buys him another year. I, I, I don't know. But um, if, if he can get close to six and six and get to a bowl game and maybe, you know, he can declare victory and, and, and buy himself some time. But, boy, it's, you know, that's and, – and not only that, by the way, but the, the Syracuse loss, as bad as it was, doesn't quite look so bad right now the way Syracuse is playing. But uh, in the in, in the Atlantic Division, you know those games at, at the bottom when you're playing Boston College, Wake Forest, uh, uh, Syracuse, those are the toss-up games you better win because you're going to be playing some tough teams otherwise. And, and it certainly doesn't help to have uh, Big Blue down the road. Having the kind of success that yes. they're having—that's uh, yes. that's something making those people twist. He's Brett Friedlander, Saturday Road. Follow him on Twitter at bfreedacc. Bfreed, you say your next column—it'll be for tomorrow. Is that still a thing? Do you still file for the next day? I mean, that's, oh yeah, that's, a, that's the oh, days, yeah. days gone by. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing about it is—it's uh, I don't know—that's that's the way it works. Now, if, if something comes up, like when Sam Hartman got, you know. Uh, when they announced that he was taking a, um, uh, he, he was being sidelined by the, uh, the, the medical situation, I, 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 I knocked out a column that day, and then we moved everything up a day. But yeah, um, so we, I just ran something. Today's column is um, on uh, Dave Doran and how he checked a lot of boxes for the Nebraska job. And then if the Big Red decides they want to go that direction, it will be interesting to see if he, he's interested. Um, and then tomorrow, yeah, we're we're doing the, you know, how crazy uh, it is that they have never been two and zero all together here in the in in you know the down Tobacco Road. Check it out at SaturdayRoad.com. Follow him on Twitter at BeFreedACC. Brett, I'm going to get you back on soon because I have thoughts on Dorn. I have thoughts on Dorn, right. and I don't know if I can share yep. them on the air. <laughs> Call me later. We'll talk. You the man, Brett. Appreciate you, brother. All right, take it easy, Scott. That's Brett Friedlander. Saturday Road. Follow him on Twitter at BeFreedACC. Checks a lot of boxes, Dave Dorn. Possibly next coach in Nebraska. I remember when he was he was named. Well, he's, he's linked to a lot of jobs, but this was about eight years ago. He was linked to the Wisconsin job. And I, I really thought he would take that one, but he ended up staying, and that's one reason I think he'll stick around now. But again, I have very complex thoughts with regards to Dave Dorn. The Scott Hamilton Show on Tuesday. It ain't so well.